Hey, this is Tyrell Mitchell, and you're listening to Addict to Success. This is my first episode. It's on addiction. It's actually from another podcast that I do called Career Man Meets Housewife with my special guest, Alicia, and also my co-host, Carrie. I hope you listen and subscribe. This is Career Man Meets Housewife, episode nine, Tough Topic Tuesday, and our topic today is addiction. Yes, and today we have our first guest on. We have Alicia, who is Tyrell's wife, and we have decided kind of collectively, and the more we talk about things that addiction is something that affects all of us, all of us in different ways, and that... um, I mean, the reason we do this podcast is to talk about things, to understand other people better, as well as to like, get your point of view out there to maybe help someone. So we're going to try and do this in a couple different parts. We want to talk with Alicia right now, who as a spouse of an addict, are, do you still consider yourself an addict or are you in recovery? I mean, they always say once you're an addict, you're always an addict, but like I would consider myself like a recovering addict. A recovering addict, addict. Yeah. okay. So, and then I want to talk to a recovering addict, and then we want to talk to an addict, someone going through it at this moment, and we have someone else who's willing to come on and talk to us about that. And I think it's going to be important for us to talk about different types of addictions. Um, Absolutely. So, Tyrell, do you just want to go into your addiction, like what type of addictions you had for a minute, and then we'll ask Alicia some questions about it. So yeah, um, my first drug of choice was marijuana, and then that truly was my gateway to cocaine and meth. And I would use cocaine and meth, I wouldn't say like every day, but it was definitely probably like, you know, eight, nine months out of the year. So it was very frequent. Cool. Okay. I mean, not cool, but thanks for sharing. (laughs) So Alicia, what was your, I just want to know, what was your first experience with addiction? Um, first with Tyrell, meeting Tyrell. I knew I haven't heard about addiction before in my life, but he was the first person I've ever met that was addicted to it. I wasn't, I didn't know anybody in high school that was like that. I wasn't like a goody two shoe, but I'd never seen drugs in my entire life. And so I never really had any experience with somebody personally. I've heard about addiction. I knew what addiction was. I went to high school. Everyone knows that's there. But I'd never had it personally until I met Tyra out there. I was the first person I ever met that was an addict at one time in his life. And then how did that come about? Like he was just like, hey, I like cocaine. And you were no, like, no, no, no. okay. The first night me and Tyrell ever talked, we talked for 10 hours on the phone. We, went, we started at like 9 o'clock at night. And it was so funny because my dad came in at like 10.30 and he's like, you need to get to bed, it's late. I was young and I was like, okay. And then when he got up the next morning, I was still on the phone talking. And so we just shared everything. We had a lot in common and Tyrell told me everything then. Were you currently using when you guys met? Or were you in recovery of using? Like? I was using. Yeah? Okay. So. Did did not know that. At the time. (laughs) You never know until, yeah. (laughs) So you find out that you're dating someone who's a recovering addict. Mm -hmm. 
and trying to be trying to be a recovering addict. He's got addiction stuff. He's yes. being very open about the fact that he's used drugs. Mm-hmm. So you're dating, you get engaged. What? He was he was going to a drug counselor at the time for court ordered, and his drug counselor he knew we got engaged and he wanted to meet with me on a one on one and he sat me down and he just said. Do you know what you're getting yourself into? You know, he's an addict. You've never been around an addict. And I said, yeah. You know, I love him. I think we'll be fine. No big deal. And he just told me, okay, it's going to be a long road. Just so you know, he's an addict. He'll probably relapse. The likelihood of happening is pretty high. Did you believe him at that point that he would relapse? Mm -hmm. Did you know he was still using, like, all that? I think at that time he'd stop. Yes. So, like, the first night that I talked to her... Like, was the last time that I, like, at that time that I did any okay. sort so of you, drug. So, by the time you were engaged, you had stopped. You weren't using it anymore. Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you go into this meeting and you're like, okay, whatever. He loves me. He won't do it. Like, I don't ever think he would not do it, but I thought, okay, if this happens and he relapsed, we'll get through it. Okay. We'll figure it out. Yeah. So, I never thought in my mind he never would never do it because... The drug cleanser was very clear to me that the likelihood that he will relapse is very high. So I never thought he wouldn't relapse. I just thought we'd get through it. No big deal. So. Yeah. And then your next experience. You get married. Kids. Like where are you we at? We have one kid. His first relapse. Was that what? Yeah. Like when did okay, you Okay. The first time it? we really experienced it in our marriage. We were married for like two years. And we had two kids. And... We were just disconnected. We were financially struggling, but I didn't think it was drugs. We were just financially struggling, and life was hard, and we were fighting. Not all the time, though. It wasn't like every day was horrible. It was just... But were you fighting about, like, finances and things being hard? And We were fighting about, like, a lot of things, different life choices that he was making, and I was like, what the heck? Why are you making these choices? Like, I'm going to go out and drink with my buddies, and I, and I was like... I have two kids and I'm at home. Like, what? What do you think you're doing? Weird things like that that I was like, he would have never done that before. So Just out of character. For yeah, thought. for sure. And then, okay, so he's doing things out of character. And how do you all of a sudden realize that he's back in the addiction cycle of it? So I didn't really know him a lot when he was addicted to anything. So I didn't know what that cycle was even going to look like. So, and it wasn't... I say we were fighting a lot, but it wasn't like terrible fighting and it was just disconnected a lot. And I didn't even know. He told me that he'd relapsed and it all kind of just made sense. And where, did you relapse with cocaine or no. pill? Like- so, uh, I, so I relapsed on Oxycontin. Which is so easy to do. Which I never had done before, ever. So, okay. So how did you... In your marriage and everything like that, like, you decided to go to her and you said, hey, I'm popping pills. Well, no. I. So what happened? So I got clean and um, basically, like I was telling her about other people I worked with that were addict, addicted to Oxycontin. Mm-hmm. And what really happened is she asked me. Like, she basically, this is what she said. She said, if you tell me right now and be honest with me, I won't get mad, but you have to tell me the truth. She's like, have you ever done Oxycontin? 
Well, he was telling me about how these guys were shady and not telling their wives. And I, and I said, I would hate to be that person. I'd rather him just be honest. Like, why don't they just be honest with you? Like, you're going to be mad, but you're not going to be hurt as bad. And that's kind of how it came out. He's like, well, to be honest. And yeah. that's, and that's how I found out. And what was your first reaction? Like, you told him, I'm not going to be mad, but what did you feel? Well, I was mad. <laughs> but I wasn't, I would have been more mad had he, I was mad because he'd been lying about it to me. Does that make sense? Yeah. So For even though he time. came out and was honest, I was still mad because all this stuff that he said that, like, the reason we were fighting for was because of money and this, it was none of that. It was hiding an addiction that I didn't know about. So I was mad. My trust was totally shot. I was you know, it just took me off guard. But, and I was hurt. I think I was hurt the most. Than anything more, the more mad or anything, I was hurt from it, from it all. That's was my first reaction was sadness. I was way hurt from it. And was it sad because you felt like abandoned in the situation, that he was choosing something over you? Were you sad because he wasn't the man you thought he was? Probably choosing something over our family. Probably that. But then it also... I knew he was an addict. I knew this might happen. So I had that in the back of my mind. Like, now what do we do? How do we get past so now, this? So what did you do? Like at that point? Mm, we had a long conversation. And honestly, you just can't fix something like that overnight. It takes a lot of time, a lot of work, and a lot of patience to get to where we are today. It takes so much. You have to start trusting again, which is when your trust is broke is very hard to do. It's hard to trust somebody when your trust is broken. People are like, yeah, you know, you got to start trusting them. Well, so, when they've been lying to you, it's hard to trust. Um, my husband explains it really well about like the trust thing. It's almost like a bank. Mm-hmm. You have all this trust and then it's gone. And then he automatically wants to come in and like buy a car. Mm-hmm. It's like you're trying to buy a car right now with trust, no money. With no money. Yep. Zero credit mm-hmm. and zero down. And what, you know what I mean? Like. I think what helped us a ton was a lot on both of our ends. I had to be patient, but Tyrell also had to be patient with me. Like, understand this is going to take me a long time, and you are going to kiss the ground pretty much I walk on until I am to there, to that point in my life. And he did that. He did that for me, and he was very patient about it. Did you go to, like, therapy, any meetings? You basically just, like, the two of you got through... Right. Uh-huh. One, the, the thing is, is like, so I, I, the reason why I quit is because this is pretty deep, but I remember, um, I'd go read my boys stories before they went to bed. And this is like one of the times I was actually not high and I was sober. And I remember reading a book and like Trey falling asleep and I would look at, so I, I actually like, so I would like looked at him and he was only like, I think two at the time and I thought to myself like what are you like honestly this is what I thought what are, what are you fucking doing to your family like what are you what are you doing like you could lose this little boy f- from the shit you're doing and so that's what made me like quit doing Oxycontin and I can tell you this I've been addicted to like I mentioned multiple things in my life, but that was like the one addiction when I got off of that drug, it was horrible. Like I felt like I was dying. Like I was shitting water. Like it was like I was sick. It was a horrible, horrible, horrible 
feeling, but that's what really helped me like get to that point to, you know, stop doing that. Did you, so he comes to you, how long did you, had you quit? He was still in the process of coming off of it because he was sick as a dog at that time. I remember that. He was still sick from it, but I didn't think, I thought he had the flu. I didn't yeah. think it was no, an addiction. No, they say that it's a lot. So It's almost worse than the flu. I thought he just had the flu when really it was that. And then that was even worse because I was like, well, sucker. I mean, I thought that. Yeah. I'm not going to help take care of you, you sucker. And take care of yourself. But it was, so it was in the process of coming off of it. He told that I found out about it. Was... So, okay, so he, this happens. Mm-hmm. He relapses. How long before you felt like safe again in your marriage or with him or trusted? Or was that like safeness? Like you say the trust was broken, mm-hmm. but were you, did you still feel like he had your family's best interest? Like as At far- the time? Yeah. No. That took time to build back up. I felt like we had to start all over. Like we'd climb to the ladder. We were almost at the top and bam, you're down at the bottom. We got to take one step up the ladder and it took time and time. It took months and months and months. I almost say years. I would say years. To read. So I wouldn't you, say months. I would say years. So you said it took a lot of steps. And mm-hmm. one of the steps, obviously, is time and being patient with each other. But, like, what else did you do in the process to, like, reconnect? Like, did you make him quit his job? Did you tell him, like, you have to, co- like, drug test him? Like, what did you no. guys do? So I, I chose to get out of the... Un- industry industry uh, quote unquote industry that i was in because i knew that that was the driving force behind it because it's just the environment you were in it mm-hmm. was the environment i was in and i knew if i didn't get another job and get out of it that i would get sucked back into it even though i was clean at the time right and i was still working there i knew yeah. eventually it would come back you know what i mean it would come back around and that was a decision you made on your own mm-hmm. yeah and how did that affect you alicia me yeah like when he came back to you and he was like i'm quitting my job and you're already struggling financially right he's gonna go get a new job and it was actually a better job that we'd had in like our whole marriage but i knew that he needed to do that to get out of that environment because when we so when we first met and he was an addict the reason a lot of the reason he got better is he took himself away from that environment that he had been in previously and got clean so i knew he had to get out of that environment to help him to be able to get clean and sober again. So, and it, I don't know. I like when people take initiative and do things on their own where it wasn't me saying you have to do this. Cause I feel like you make change better when you do it for yourself. So it gave me a little leaf of, okay, he's, he's making steps to change, to move forward, you know, to get better. And he wanted it. I don't know. He wanted to get better. And I knew that. So it made me feel good that he took the initiative to take the step to change where he was well and i quit my job once i found a job it's not like i just quit that job you know like out of the blue like i i literally looked and looked and looked and finally found a different job to get out of that environment but because i didn't want to like obviously we were struggling already so financially i didn't want to make it even worse by just quitting completely and just sitting at home because that wouldn't have done me like us any good i should Mm -hmm. say but once I found that other job, like it just took me out of that. Really, and I was out of that psycho wife at that time. 
psycho, like checking every phone message that came in, checking everything. I called him constantly. I didn't believe him. I didn't trust him. It was a long battle of trust. The trusting is the hardest. The honesty. I think that's one thing we've learned in our marriage over so many years is just to be honest with one another. And I mean, I have not always been honest 100% with him as either, you know, as far as my feelings emotionally. I went there one time in our marriage, I totally disconnected and I wasn't honest about how I was feeling and I disconnected myself to not be hurt because people do that when they get 100%. hurt. 100%. It's the they easiest, disconnect. like, it's the easiest easy. and the worst thing to do in a Absolutely. relationship. Because if you're going to stay in a relationship, the easiest thing is to disconnect. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the reasons, like, that addictions come in and take over is because mm-hmm. we're all looking for connection and addictions just take place of the attachment that you're looking for in another way. You need, yeah. And sometimes like the addiction is just because you can't relax. Mm-hmm. And so you start something to be able to relax and then you crave the attachment to being able to relax mm-hmm. or to feel better or, or to feel not included. feel or to feel included. Yeah. So you say years in mm-hmm. the process of those years, were there ever triggers where you were like, you're using again, mm-hmm. get the F out. Mm-hmm. What tell us about some of those things? I'm trying to pinpoint specific things I don't know, but I know I had those emotions of not ever. I was never like get the f out because we had this little family. I'm like we're gonna make this work, you know. We have a and family. your mom like just to give people background like, Alicia's parents are very like divorce is not an option, right? Especially with kids involved, like you do not. Well, I think it's not an option. I don't really think it's not an option. I think they think you put every effort in piece of your soul into making that try to work you do everything you can do on your end to make regardless that marriage of how she, work. yeah how hard it is Re- yeah. yeah regardless of how much work that in, that means you put all that work in so they're very go like so you never like threatened a divorce no did tyrell did you ever threaten divorce because you didn't feel adequate like and i know that sounds weird to say and he rolls his eyes at no, me but I'm like thinking. but I'm really thinking. like there's times and i know like i know he did not ever threaten divorce but he did tell me one time that or many multiple times actually if this is going to be too hard i will leave if i put you through too much i will leave so it wasn't so i mean whether he was saying divorce or not he was saying like i'll leave the relationship I, and part of that hard. is him coming in and being like i don't I, he didn't feel worthy mm-hmm. or no, yeah, that's that, You know what right. I mean? He didn't feel like he was worth staying for these amazing boys and this amazing mm-hmm. wife and this family and the support system that he's getting. He didn't feel like he was worth that. He right. didn't feel like he deserved it. And he didn't, like, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, Tara. Like, there's a point where you sit there and you say, I can't live up to these expectations that I've, that are set for me or that I've set for myself. Yes or no? Like, did you ever have... Yeah, because, like, it's, like, you know, you, like, when you meet somebody and, like, you're head over heels in love and, I mean, even she, she know it was a possibility I could relapse, I think that I felt like, hey, if I screwed this up so, like, too much to where it's not repairable, mm-hmm. like... I will leave and I'll give you everything. He would say exactly that. Exactly that. I'll leave. I won't bug you. And But when he would say that, what were your, like... What were my thoughts? For sure. Like, no. Sadness. That would make, that made me sad. Like, no, we're not going to give up. We're going to point through. Because 
our marriage did was you feel never... like when he would say that though it was no we aren't gonna give up or no you're not gonna give up and walk and you know what i mean we yeah we're not giving up on this we're not gonna give up on what we've created because i don't know it's hard to say over this but we have a lot of love between each other and i think that that's helped us a lot through our struggles and our times to get to where we are today but that love didn't disappear when he added this problem you know we just it was kind of like a roadblock in our marriage that we just had to figure out how we together were going to get through this and it took patience on both ends and it took a lot of hard work it was a lot of work to get to where we are today but I wasn't going to give up on us we weren't going to give up on each other and when he said that it almost made me more mad like you're not getting out like we're not going to give up we're going to make this work when really you did this you're going to work to fix we're going to work together yeah. to make this work we're going to do this. We have a lot of good times. We have a lot of love. We're going to make this work. And we did. But it took a lot of hard work. So he is sober. Yep. At whatever, let's say a couple years after. Mm-hmm. Did, was there ever another relapse? Was mm-hmm. there... I mean, this is new to me, guys. I don't know any of this stuff. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really just like prying questions because I'm yeah, a yeah, curious good. person. Yeah. So what is your... You think everything's good. Mm-hmm. Life's happy. Any more kids at that point? Are we neighbors at that point? Oh, we're past neighbors. Oh, we're, we're past, past neighbors. neighbors. Okay. Mm-hmm. So second relapse comes in. Mm-hmm. And when was that? And how was that? Did oh. you have a second? I'm trying to remember. That was in Salt Lake. Oh. Oh, that was in Salt Lake. I remember that. And same situation? Like no, not as far. Weed. Started smoking pot. Okay. Didn't really start. Was no. it? Didn't start. Like smoke pot one. I, one time. One mm-hmm. time. And how, like, okay, how did you get it? Like, because, like, what, it's one of those things where you're, like, in an environment and it's around. Same thing. I, I went to a family member's house that will remain unnamed. And, <laughs> uh... He had some there, and he was. It wasn't my house. I didn't live in Salt yeah. Lake. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, he was, he was like, you know, smoking it in front of me, and then he asked me if I wanted a hit, and I said, yeah. And I shouldn't have said yeah, but I said yeah. Okay, so but like you say yes, you smoke weed. Mm-hmm. How long before Alicia finds out? The next day. Yep. Wow, that's like big. Like I want people who are dealing with addiction, have a spouse who's dealing with addiction to realize, like, and Tyrell, I'm not trying, I'm trying not to cry, but, like, that takes a lot to the next day go to your spouse who you're supposed to be everything to and admit, like, you fucked up again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And knowing, like, no, it sucked. you're going in saying, now, did you ever set a boundary or anything for, like, that? Like, hey, if mm-hmm. you ever relapse, yes, you have, and what was the boundary? So the boundary was if, if you ever relapse again, if this ever comes about again, just tell me. But did you I have like you to be a, honest? Okay, but like, did you have like a admitted after I find out? Like, did you have specific like? It was like you better. You tell have twenty four hours to tell me because if I find out after that, I'm cut. Like, no, it was never like cut you off. You're done. It was there was never an ultimatum, but it was like you better tell me immediately after it happens because I know you're an addict. I know this might happen again. You better tell me immediately after it happens so we don't have to go through all the shit. We had to go through on the last one. Well, time. and then it doesn't get worse. You it can help him worse. put him yeah, into right. it. That's, he's not. Let's squash it then. Let's figure it out. Let's solve it. Let's work on it then. So at this point, you're away from your parents, mm-hmm. everything you grew up with. Mm-hmm. You're up north. You have some friends and family up there, mm-hmm. but not like you did here. He comes to you and he's like, hey, I did this. I think well, she was out of town. I think she was down in St. George, actually. And I you called her and told her? I called her. 
I think you're right, yeah. And what did you but do? But I'm not, like, one to go and... So, in his past, when he relapsed and stuff, I'm not one to, like, when we're going through problems and issues, I like to work them out between us. And, and it's just a personal thing, but I don't like to get everyone's opinions on things and everything. I like just to figure it out for myself. And so, I don't even think I told anybody when it happened. I didn't, I didn't say any, anything. I didn't either know. one. Neither one. Yeah, either one I of the addictions. I think I knew about the first one. Probably yes, not when we were going through it, though. Maybe. I remember us having a conversation, and I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast or not, but I remember you saying it's hard, because I think Brian and I were maybe going through some stuff, and I remember you saying something like, it's hard to realize, it's hard to say that you would never do something until Mm -hmm. you're faced with it, Mm -hmm. because you, and I think you did say, I think you said, I never thought that I would, if he relapsed, that I would stick around, Mm -hmm. and not, and here I am going through it, and I am, and I remember it was like something simple enough like that, that I was like, Oh, he relapsed. Does yep. that make sense? Yep, yep, yep. So but it wasn't like, it was, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's something too to remember, like husbands, wives, whoever's dealing, whoever the addicted is or who's messing up, like just because your spouse has said, this is the end, I'll never do this. Like giving you an ultimatum, let's mm-hmm. say in the beginning, like if you ever drink, I'm going to cut you off. If you ever look at porn, you're done. Like you really don't know how Both strong, sides. you don't know. You don't know how, what your spouse is going to mm-hmm. do. You don't know what you're really going to do. You don't know how the situation will play out. But you have to, like, speak your truth. Because even if it's the hardest thing, it can be the best thing to move everything forward. Mm -hmm. Because things can't move forward without it. That's why they have, in, like, addiction recovery, they have what they call D-Day. That everything is out on that day. And from that day forward, you move forward. forward. But I will say, like, the second time I relapsed... Um, I would say though that like that was like one of the like hardest phone calls I had to make. Well, and then you're alone too. Well, so- but I'm alone. But it was the hardest phone call I made because I felt so shitty about it, like so shitty. So how were things after you got back home? Like it, it started over. That and that's a problem. The weird thing. It wasn't as bad as before, but when you break that trust that in a in a relationship, you have to start over square one. We're going back to square one to regain and rebuild that trust. Again. That we have worked so hard to get to, we have to start over. And for me, that's such an aggravating thing because I'm a very honest person. I speak the truth. I say, I mean, he knows everything about me. I've never lied to him. I don't lie. Um, and so that was hard for me. It's like, just be honest with me. I was more mad that he wasn't honest, but I was proud of him for telling me the following day. But then it's just a hard thing because then I was hurt still that like, you yeah, know, he this calls you stoned and he's like, hey, I'm high, but I'm telling you. Right. Then you're like, still mad, still mad. <laughs> like it doesn't, you know what I mean? You're still mad either way. But I was still hurt, and the trust, you know, was it wasn't as bad as the first time though, because the first time it was like months that he was doing all this crap, and so it took forever. Yeah, it took a long time for us to get over, not get over, but to grow and move past that part. So this one was an easier one to do, although the trust was still broken, and we still had to work on again the trust part again. Because I was hurt. I was hurt that you chose this over me. And then, so when someone has an addiction and they they make, they relapse the first time, okay, and then they relapse the second time, all that fear from the first time just comes flowing in like a flood. Um, and yeah, it hits you. Totally. And so even though it was a smaller thing and it wasn't as big and it wasn't as, you know, it wasn't like, it was a relapse, but it wasn't like the one before, it's hard to like, not compare the two. You just cut. Because they're different. So I tried to explain it to someone like this is that 
because the addict is like, well, you have to forgive me and you have to move past it and quit bringing up the past and all Mm -hmm. that. But it's like, if you cut your arm and then you cut your leg, does it hurt as bad? No. But if you cut your arm and then that wound heals and then you cut that arm open in the same spot again, it hurts Mm -hmm. and it's going to take longer to to heal. And the muscles and everything around it are going to be like freaking out even more Mm -hmm. because they know the trauma that's coming and they Mm -hmm. know the pain that's coming and they know... I don't know if I'm going to be able to heal. And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't fully heal. And sometimes it heals really fast. And sometimes it heals and is better than it was before. Mm-hmm. Does that oh, make sense? Sure. It might take plastic surgery mm-hmm. and a new freaking arm, <laughs> but like it's doable. It still does better than before. I think for us it was kind of like that, yes. I think that the second time he relapsed it was hard, but it was a different situation. But still all that emotion from the first time would just came flooding in my brain and so then it was a personal battle in my brain to work through that and you worked well. through that completely alone you didn't talk to a bishop a friend nope. you didn't journal it out no you just like cried I'm in the very shower much in, like, like no I don't know I'm just so I'm so the type of person that I am I'm just very optimistic about probably too optimistic I'm optimistic about, about a lot of things so in that moment it's true when she gets like down on something or complains about something the rest of us are like "Uh oh oh shoot (laughs) the world is crashing down (laughs) i'm very optimistic and i'm very like uh i don't like to hold things hold on to things because i don't like that way it makes me feel inside but through working through things i like to work through things on my own in my own brain but i also i think i'm strong mentally and so I don't know. I just like to do things like that. I just don't like to get everyone's opinion on things because I don't want that opinion to make up my mind for how I feel really. So I like to be true to myself and feel how I feel and see how I feel about it. Opposed to when you start talking to everybody, you might get all these opinions about what this person thinks or what you should do about this, what you should do when really it's up to you what you want to do in that situation. It's your situation. You're going through it. It's up to you ultimately what you want to, what you want to choose to do. So I, that's just me personally. That's I know that's not how everybody works, but that's personally how I well, am. Well, and there's so there's been other there's been some situation in your life where you've talked to somebody about something, or multiple people, regardless of whether it's like math homework or whether mm-hmm. they eat Chinese food or whether the Avengers new movie was good. You've talked to them about something and you didn't like what they were saying. You didn't like the feedback you got because it didn't felt true to you. Mm-hmm. So instead, you just does that make sense? Because as I've started to open up about things and talk to things, there's people who like automatically shut me down. Mm-hmm. And you know quick who those people are. You know quick whether or not like they're going to like, not that you have to be validated in everything, but whether they're just going to like, oh, come here. Or whether they really like want your best interest mm-hmm. at heart and they're going to be there to help you through situations. Mm-hmm. And I think that's hard. Mm-hmm. I think that's just as hard as learning that someone in your life has betrayed you is trying to find other people in your life that are really there for you. I feel like you're supporting you. Yeah, totally. And yeah. and not only supporting you in your situation, but that they want the outcome that you want. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who have been through a lot of different things and they end in divorce. Yeah. It's And I watch their support system that they have. They're all other divorced women. Mm-hmm. Or they're all other, right. you know what I mean? They're, but the, the thing, the problem with that is they are feeding into all those other people's opinions about their right. marriage. Right. And I, I love podcasts. I love learning. I love growing. I love doing all that to your brain. I think that you can always learn every single day. There's things to learn. and But I think when you're going through really hard things, you can pull in those things and use these things that you've heard, but you can't make your opinions based off of everybody else's 
opinions. Opinions. Yeah. You have to it's make your sure that what opinion. you're hearing it's gotta be authentic rings towards true yourself. Is authentic, yeah. Because well, maybe people have been like, forget him, I'm out. Second time, leaving you, you're never gonna be honest. You know, you just don't know what people are gonna say, and some people are like that, but for me, I don't know. It wasn't so do like you get that. triggered? This is just a random question, because like do you get triggered now with like small trust things? Like he's ten minutes late from work. I used to. So you gotta think this was like how many years ago? You guys five? Like, yeah. Because it was when we first moved to Salt Lake. So it was a long time ago. And it was like five years ago. And we've worked really hard since then to get to where we are. Small little things will trigger me, but not really. We've grown a lot in the last but what are you, two years. So what are, like, what are your triggers? Because there's would, people out there trigger it? who literally like, they're going to hear your trigger and be like, oh yeah. Like I see how that is something that brings something up in me. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I feel and like, it's good for your so spouse an, to know what with you're with a marriage. I don't know. With our marriage, I feel like when we're really connected emotionally, I don't really get those triggers. So when we're very connected, I don't feel those triggers. It's maybe when we're disconnected, just because we're both so busy or we're tired or whatever the case may be. If we're a little because, bit disconnected, and the reason it's because of the disconnect was the first sign, mm-hmm. the first time. Yes. So, so being that kind disconnected, of, and if okay, say we're disconnected, and then I let my brain go crazy I'll like check his phone and be like making sure but he's also I know the environment he's in I don't know he works with his brother and that doesn't trigger me even though his brother lives a different lifestyle than we live when in the past that would trigger me that would have triggered me like crazy like oh my gosh he doesn't live the same lifestyle we live it's totally different are you gonna do things that you shouldn't with him I just I'm past that so I don't know I don't get really triggered very often but the disconnect, I'd say when we start to disconnect a little bit, is when sometimes I'll get a little triggered. So do you ever go to him and be like, I'm disconnecting, let's... Yeah, we say that to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I And then what do you do at that point? Like, what are things that help you stay connected? Um, we usually have a big cry out. <laughs> and you hold One him. of the two. We know, we all know you hold or him. Or he holds me. <laughs> One of the two, either. So, so we had another problem with a trust issue. Can I tell that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, Tyrell has smoked tobacco in his life, c- cigarettes. Right. And, that's and chewed. A, and chewed. And chewed. And that was an, it's not, I don't want to, I'd say it's an addiction. Can I say that's an addiction? Yeah. yeah. That's an addiction. Um, so there was this one time that he was going through a really hard hard time in his life. And it wasn't very long ago. It was it's when my mom, mom died. died. when his mom died. And we see, were, so whether you've known it or not, you've let us know that like there's stuff going on in subtle ways to where we've been like, okay, we got you. We got Does it. that make it's sense? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So when his mom died, he, we were talking on the phone and he's like, I gotta go. And I'm like, okay. And I seen him in the parking lot at the gas station. And he said, I don't even remember where he said he needed to go to, but I was like, you stinking liar. And then that just triggered everything. Like he is lying to me. What has he been doing? What you know, has he been doing all has he been doing weed? Has he been doing pills? I don't know. Everything just started flowing through my brain. Did you ever be like, is he meeting his girlfriend? You never had no, that? No, we I'll... never had that problem. So hold on though. So when, like, wait, are you bringing out a girlfriend? No, she's looking at him no. like, whoa, what? The, no, the oxycontin. No, but I was gonna say, never no, be during, on another podcast no, again. I was, <laughs> was going to say, during the whole like oxycontin relapse, right, in the first of our marriage. She did ask me at one point if oh, I yeah. had a girlfriend. That was a long because we were so disconnected. Something we were so was disconnected. Totally. Yeah, that was so before. She that was way like again we're going way back. Mm-hmm. But I'm yeah, just like, saying that's the only 10 time. Ten years or so. Yeah, yeah, or more. 
But it wasn't but that. She she did ask that. Because, but it's heard. because I wasn't cheating on her with uh, females because I was cheating on her with drugs. Addiction. Okay. You were disconnecting regardless. You're looking for connection in right. way. No, but at that moment, so he's so going he into this gas, gas station. station and I watch him buy a can of chew and walk out. So I called him and I was like, so what are you doing? Just totally playing him. He makes up this lie, which now I'm fuming mad because I'm like, we've always been honest. Why don't you tell me the truth? And I just let him have it. I ringed him and I was I lost it. But that, again, took our trust all the way back to square one. And we had to start over again. And since that time, we have worked, Tyrell has worked really hard on being honest about everything. If he makes anything, if he does a mistake, not even a mistake. If he's going to do something, I've always told him, just tell me. If you're going to chew, then just tell me. You know what? My life's crazy right now and I need to chew. Because it's just not that you me. have a problem. And that's, I don't have a problem with That's what chew. I think a lot of I don't have a problem with all that. couples don't realize. It's like, it's not that there's a problem with the act. It's the hiding, and especially yes. in our culture, and it's the shame, and it's that what you're not supposed to do, and all that stuff, and then it builds and it gets bigger. Mm-hmm. But it's not, if that lie's not there and that shame's not there covering it up, then it's not what it is. You know what I mean? It can't be what, what it is. is. It's like, and a lot of times they say in like any growth or like addiction and stuff is to like identify the problem. Mm-hmm. As soon as you give it a name, mm-hmm. whatever it is, it goes away. It's automatically smaller all, all of a sudden, just like that. Because you've named it, you've called it out, and now yeah. it is something instead of just like, oh, I'm chewing and I'm doing this. Yeah. It is something that you're not doing alone too. Mm-hmm. One, I think. So she calls you out. Sorry, this is fun for me, kind of, just because I've been on both sides. Sure. I've been on both sides of yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys, but like, what you're like? Oh, f, she caught me. Actually, Tyrell. Well, I mean, we were. I was so mad. I was so mad. And at, okay, so what started from then is, this is where I was saying I haven't always been honest with him either. Is at that moment in our marriage, I was so sick of being hurt. I was done. I'm like, I'm not gonna go through that pain anymore. Mm-hmm. I love our family. I love him. But I'm not going to get hurt like that. I love him in so many other different ways. But I'm not going to get hurt. So I started this disconnect that I didn't even realize how bad I let it get. Mm. But I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm not going to care. I'm not going to care what he does. He can do whatever heck he wants. As long as it's not drugs. The drugs I wasn't okay with. But if it was, if he was going to chew, if he was going to drink, whatever he was going to do, I didn't care. I just wasn't going to care because it wasn't going to hurt me anymore. Well, it wasn't illegal. It wasn't illegal. Yeah, exactly. If it wasn't illegal, I didn't care. I mean, if he's cheating on me, I'd care with that. But if it wasn't illegal and pretty much drinking and, and smoking, if he was going to do that, my feelings were, I wasn't going to hurt about it anymore. I just wasn't going to care. So I literally would talk myself into this like, I don't care. And when I'd start to care, I'd just talk to myself and be like, you don't care. Why do you care? You don't care. Don't let that hurt you. Don't let that affect you. You don't care. Mm-hmm. To the point where I disconnected our relationship so bad that I had no emotion towards him at all. I could have cared less if he would have been like, I'm leaving tomorrow. Okay, bye. Yeah. How bye. Long, how long did that go? Six months probably, would and you say? What, mm-hmm. what finally broke for you? Um, we were having a deep conversation and he pretty much called me out on it. And I was like, I just have no emotion towards you. And it hurt me though. Like... Even though I had no emotion, I was still hurt inside, but I couldn't even express it. That's how disconnected I was. I couldn't even express. I couldn't cry. I couldn't nothing. But I knew there was a problem that I created. And then I also felt like 
you're a really honest person, but you, even though I was an honest person, I wasn't being honest in my way I was feeling. Does that make sense? Towards myself or towards him. So then I was like, you're not being honest towards him. That's not being real. You're not being true to him or true to yourself. And that took months, I mean, probably a year to fix on my own personal growth. I had to personally connect again, reconnect, learn how to reconnect. The, the disconnect got so bad, it wasn't just from Tyrell. It was just kind of from everything. Oh, no, totally. You All of a sudden, out. I was You're like, like disconnecting yeah. from everything. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't feeling emotion. And I'm not like that. I'm an emotional person. And so that's what really started triggering it. That like you're disconnecting from and people everything. And don't, people don't realize. I just want people to know like everyone disconnects. Mm-hmm. Regardless. Whether you disconnect and you zone out with Netflix. Or you disconnect and you zone out with alcohol. I think it can be a healthy or, thing to disconnect sometimes absolutely. from life. Absolutely. And then, but then some people like I totally disconnect emotionally. Mm-hmm. Whereas like my husband shuts off. Mm-hmm. Like he, like I can see him completely tap out. Like, and we've had incidences in our marriage, happy and sad, that he like does not remember because he disconnects so Mm -hmm. much, but I disconnect emotionally. So Mm -hmm. I don't feel those things. I can't Mm -hmm. cry. I don't do that stuff. So I want people to know like disconnecting is so normal. Yeah, for sure. So what did you do to help you reconnect yourself? You said you did personal growth, but like Mm -hmm. meditating, you like hippy dippy Um, shit, like not, not too much hippy dippy. You smoke your own pot. Like where are you (laughs) at? I did a lot of. Just, I read books and I... What books did you read? Um, we read The Four Agreements Together, which was a good one. Um, I Sounds funny, but for me, when I'm like... I don't really have down days. I know that sounds... I feel weird even saying that. I don't have days where I sit in my bed and do nothing. I don't have days where I disconnect totally. I, I'm just... But I did at that moment in my life, so I'm not saying I never have. But I started Pinteresting quotes like positive quotes and I would read those positive quotes over and over and over and over all different kinds you know I would and then happy quotes and joy quotes and just I would Pinterest these quotes and if you I guys like them. walk into their new house she has like all these cool I quotes. mean right now I can read all over, changes the house. Everything. <laughs> all over the house yeah there's I just everywhere. feel like words to me and when I read them it helps me it changes my attitude it changes makes me more positive and so I had to literally just start feeling again whether it was watching a show and can you start sorry so tyro has his own instagram page addicted to success Mm -hmm. so going from an addict to being a success can you take some of those quotes and pinterest things that you quoted Mm -hmm. and like let's post them on there for sure i have a page like for just quotes yeah but like put those out there for other people because obviously like maybe someone will be like hey why you know tag your wife in it Mm -hmm. or send it to somebody but like I don't even get on Pinterest anymore because of the crap. It, like, it eats up so much data on my phone because oh, I will you. sit on it for years. But, like, I think those quotes are good for mm-hmm. both sides to see. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm curious to see them. So, yeah, for sure. I can do that. But no, that's, I just, it took a lot of personal growth and a person, I guess, not meditating, but I like to run and I love music. So, walking, running, listening to music, that was something that helped me. It was self care. It was self, I took a lot of self care and time I needed to reconnect and I had to fill and I had to go through this we had to have a lot of deep conversations about honestly just being honest that's what it was we had to have this deep deep conversations about it wasn't the actual addiction that has hurt me the worst it's the way you went about the the addiction it was the lying I mean if you're an addict you're going through things 
just don't lie. It's going to make it so much worse. I think that's key. Like, you're going to hurt people regardless, but you are going to hurt them so much more when you lie. Don't lie to them. What did, what did we talk them. about? There's a difference in being hurt and then being, like, completely devastated. Mm-hmm. Like, And you're going to be... I'm not saying you're not going to be hurt. You're not going to be mad. You are going to have that. But when you have the di- the dishonesty, that is the hardest part. Like, you have to be honest. And it's your partner's going to be sad. Your partner's going to be mad. You know what? You put your partner in that situation. So suck it up and man up or women up or whatever you got to do and own it and be there and be authentic for them. But just be honest because I can promise you from a spouse side of it, the honesty is the best part. I think the second time around when he came to me the next day and was honest, it honestly helped us. It it helped us grow because I, it didn't make it so the distrust was so bad. Not that those emotions didn't come back because they did, but it helped us a lot to get through. It helped me get through it all. Um, but I think that's what we've learned in the last couple of years is just be honest. If you want to do something, just tell me. That doesn't mean I'm going to agree with it. That doesn't mean I'm not going to be upset with it. But we're going to be able to get through it better because you're being honest. Well, and don't you think it. sometimes it's one of those things where for addicts, they kind of have like this shorter string. Mm-hmm. This short, and I'm not saying like you make impulsive, dumb decisions, Tyrell, but like sometimes you do. Sometimes. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things where like with our children, like we're not meant to be alone. Like God didn't put us here to be alone. Mm-hmm. We we're put on earth to be like, hey, I'm kind of like thinking this what do you think and to have those conversations and to talk about it because then someone's gonna be like you know I support you I got you I understand why that's normal Mm -hmm. or to be like yeah you're kind of being unhealthy in this or this Mm -hmm. isn't like this is hurting us or hurting you Mm -hmm. does that make sense Mm -hmm. so yeah anything else you want to say I don't know I just think that if you're in a relationship and you're married to somebody that's an addict, maybe you're going through it, maybe you've been through it, maybe you're past it. I think that if both sides are honest and patient and willing to work hard, and also don't get so caught up on what the problem is to not see the joy. I think that's something I try and do every day is although days are hard, everybody has hard days. You know, Everybody goes through struggles, everybody's struggling in some types of things. Don't forget to see the joy in the day because there's always joy in the day. It's okay to laugh with your spouse even though you're really mad and angry at that person at the time. You know, it's okay to, you know, I think that helps you connect. It helps you regrow. It helps you get closer to each other. Don't get so caught up on being so angry and so mad that you forget the joy because there's always joy in the day. So, I don't know. I think put in the hard work, both be honest, both be patient. Initiative. I think that's the one thing that you said that um, I really like resonates with me is take the initiative on both sides. Mm-hmm. Like you took the initiative to self care yourself, and Tyrell took the initiative to like put it out there. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Um, if anyone has any addiction questions or wants to talk about addiction or bring things out, like we would love to talk Let to you. Know. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun to have know. Alicia. Tyrell's over here like. <laughs> Zoning out. I don't think he's ever like not talked so much in an entire podcast. I think I just felt like I, I got the like 
shit kicked out of me. But other than that, that's just because his wife's here and she overtalks all the time. Yeah, well, that was your, it. Was your idea? But so. no, it was my idea. But no, like it was good. It's like it's like one of those things. The only thing I want to add about it is like the reason why we never went to other people about it is because I think for us is we didn't want other people's opinions to influence where our lives would go to like with each other. And I think that that's a personal thing. And Although now right. everybody knows, but still. <laughs> Although I would have, I think that's a totally personal thing too, though, because had Tyrell said, I want to go to a counselor to try and fix this, I would have supported that. I would have went to a counselor to support him. Well, I'm just saying like that. people, like close friends, friends family, family, whatever, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, gotcha. So, anyways, that's what I'm talking about. Um, but, yeah, if you obviously... It's okay to get help. Just make sure you're getting the right kind yeah, of no, help. Yeah, no, and that's what I was going <laughs> to sure. say. If, if you know somebody that's struggling or know somebody that needs help or you're, you know, finding yourself um, in the same issues, I mean, obviously, you can always uh, DM me, um, you know, or let me know if you have any questions. But it's definitely been a big stepping stone in my life to get through this. And uh, I know I couldn't have made it without my wife. So Aww. I'm really grateful for her. So, um, yeah. Uh, so thanks for joining us again on another Tough Topic Tuesday. Beat the sh out of me. Um, <laughs> but uh, check out our next episode, which we don't know what to call it yet. It's just Random Question Day Friday. So anyways, thanks for listening. And remember... To subscribe. Rate us. On. iTunes. iTunes. And it's the easiest way to listen to us. Peace. <laughs>